Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt. Tonight's show, we got a pretty important topic to start the show, uh, breaking news, if you will. Um, Today, Luke Richards and Cody Gibbs were both traded to the Elmira Mammoth for future considerations. Um, Obviously, a bit of a bit of a loss, you know, as in, you know, just in terms of people, they're very both nice guys um definitely will be missed on the team uh your thoughts on this matt yeah it's really sad to see uh richie and uh gibber go these these guys uh i don't know you know they 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 both played with a lot of heart and uh luke richards loved being here he was a great guest here on hattrick city and uh he was one of the guys that i really felt um just appreciated the team appreciated where he was hopefully he gets uh to finish out the season in Elmira and you know do do some new things there. You never know what happens down the road in this league and why things happen. And, uh, we do have a little bit of a roster pile up now. It looks like some moves have been made and maybe some new people coming in. Uh, you know, Luke Richards had a pretty good season here. You know, very good. I think uh, you know coming into his first year of pro hockey, uh, he had 14 points. Uh, pardon me, he had 21 points in 31 games. And 20 penalty minutes. Uh, but he played with a bit of an edge, and he was a, a guy who uh, I think he'll be missed probably in the locker room as well. Uh, Cody Gibbs, um, you know, big defenseman. Uh, I think he's going to be a good player in this league, and he can probably develop uh, if that's what he wants to do. He had seven assists in 26 games, and he had 11 penalty minutes. But uh, I think this is how it goes sometimes. Uh, the rosters get tricky in this league at the end of the season. Sometimes in the higher leagues, veterans are let go from teams that aren't making the playoffs. Um, Things happen. And I hope these guys enjoy a new start with Elmira. Uh, Again, Elmira didn't really have the worst season or anything. They've been pretty scrappy. So hopefully these guys will bring something to to that lineup, get more minutes, and uh, be a big part of that team. Of course, um, you know, as always, we wish the best of luck to both Luke and Cody. Um, and then, you know, just a bit of a shameless plug. You can also go back and listen to the interview we had with Luke Richards, as well as the one and only Dmitry Kuznetsov. And you could find this on every podcast platform as well. And then to go into our next topic, um, Matt has a brand new article with Connecticut Magazine about college hockey in the state of good old Connecticut. Uh, Walk us through the article a little bit. Yeah, so I got to spend uh, that weekend in January where UConn and Sacred Heart were opening up their new rinks, kind of just checking out the facilities, meeting with some representatives from the respective schools, and um, mingling with the fans and i think that that's the story that i returned i kind of brought back a story that had a lot to do with the fans and had a lot to do with 
um, the experience that people will get um, when they go to these new arenas, I think it really does say something about the future of college hockey in Connecticut. Uh, You're looking at at two schools that have invested uh, close to $100 million each into creating these high-tech, hockey-specific arenas. Um, Again, I said this on the show before, I don't think it really challenges Danbury too much. It's a a different brand of hockey. It's, it's, um, It's a different experience, but if you're looking for that different experience, that different hockey experience on a night when the hat tricks aren't playing or, you know, at a different time of the year, you can... You can check it out, and it's going to be great now. And the Connecticut Ice Tournament, which did go on this year, um, and Quinnipiac got it, um, that's going to grow, and it's going to be more and more significant as time goes on. So if you're interested in what's going on, college hockey in Connecticut, where we do have four programs that could legitimately compete moving forward for the national championship, uh, check out the story uh, in Connecticut Magazine. There's some versions of it posted on the Connecticut Post website. Uh, CT Insider as well has a has a version of it. So it's it's kind of floating around the Hearst Media system right now. And I'm really grateful to my editor up there, Albie, and uh, everybody that works uh, at Connecticut Magazine, and you know to to work on stories like this at Hearst. So it was really great. Of course, and you know you can give that a read. We posted the link in our story. Um, I'll make sure to have a link in our bio as well if you want to give this story a read. And you know to finish things off, uh, we want to talk about last weekend's three in three versus Watertown. Um, you know we went one for three in total with a four two win the first night on the ninth, followed by a one four loss in regulation. And I or sorry, and the three five loss in regulation as well. Um, you know, we have to play Watertown again this weekend. But uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on you know how last week went? Yeah, I mean, obviously not the results that probably anybody wanted. But um, again, it's just late in the year. Everybody's playing harder. It's a tough league. We're playing without Johnny Ruiz, uh, and I think that. Um, the challenges we're experiencing now hopefully will make Danbury uh, a better team towards the end of the season. There's a lot of fight in this team. Uh, I think perhaps uh, some moves are going to be made in the next uh, maybe hours because uh, we've already seen Gibbs and we've already seen Richards moved. So you never know what happens here as as we approach playoff season. There's After this... Uh, there's about eight weeks of hockey left. You know, it's about two month yep. run to that Commissioner's Cup, and I think that this is the period which makes or breaks teams. I think Danbury has to have a good weekend, especially Friday night in Binghamton, with a lot of the fans coming up on the bus. So, um, you know, everybody's behind these guys right now, and I think that they've been playing tough. Just couple of tough bounces here and there, some injury trouble. Um, I, I'm proud of the way the guys have performed lately, despite, you know, some of these obstacles. Yeah, no, um, it really shows, you know, how this team is kind of rebuilding itself in a way, um, you know, without their, their 
respective captain and of course you know even like Gordy Bennell it's another key component that we haven't had for a few months now um but I definitely think this weekend it's going to be interesting you know with the addition of fans going up to Binghamton ourselves included um you know hopefully that it gives the boys a little boost for Binghamton because that game is potentially one that Binghamton if they win they could take first place in the division with that and obviously Watertown we kind of want to right our wrongs from last week yeah absolutely I think it's a fresh start and I think the guys you know should be ready to take advantage of it you know I'm not at practice uh, I don't get to drop by as much as I have in the past but I can tell you that um, I think these guys are focused we just have to work hard and, and compete we also want to give a very special birthday shout out to one of our great friends and former guests on the show, Calvin Savoya. Happy birthday, Calvin. Happy birthday, Calvin Savoya. And without further ado, we're going to jump right in to this week's amazing guest. Uh, we wish a warm welcome to the one and only Tobias Ojik. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Hattrick City weekend schedule. And starting off in college hockey at Quinnipiac, the men's team is at home for the last time in the regular season, facing Yale on Friday, February 17th, and then against Brown on Saturday, February 18th. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bobcats are finishing off the regular season on the road, facing off against St. Lawrence on Friday, February 17th for a 6 p.m. puck drop, and then against Clarkson on Saturday, February 18th for a 3 p.m. puck drop. At UConn, the men's team is off this week. In women's hockey, however, the Huskies are finishing the regular season at home against Holy Cross on Friday, February 17th, then going on the road on Saturday, February 18th against Holy Cross for both games. Both games are set for a 6 p.m. puck drop. At Sacred Heart, the men's team are on the road to face off against Canisius in a weekend series on Saturday, February 18th and Sunday, February 19th. Both games are set for a 4 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Pioneers finish the regular season at home against St. Michael's College on Friday, February 17th for a 7 p.m. puck drop and on Saturday, February 18th for a 2 p.m. puck drop. At Yale, the men's team will be on the road for the weekend, starting with a Friday, February 17th contest against Quinnipiac, as well as a Saturday, February 18th contest against Princeton. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bulldogs are at home to finish the regular season with a matchup against Dartmouth on Friday, February 17th with a 6 p.m. puck drop and a matchup against Harvard on Saturday, February 18th, which is set for a 3 p.m. puck drop. In pro hockey, the Danbury Hattricks are on the road against Binghamton on Friday, February 17th for a 7 p.m. puck drop, then against Watertown on Saturday, February 18th with a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. The Bridgewater Islanders face Hartford on the road on Friday, February 17th with a 7 p.m. puck drop, followed by Bridgeport being back at home to host Springfield with a 7 p.m. puck drop as well. The weekend then concludes on the road against Wilkes-Barre Scranton for a 3.05 p.m. puck drop. The Hartford Wolfpack are at home, of course, as they face Bridgeport on Friday, February 17th with a 7 p.m. puck drop, followed by a contest against Providence on Saturday, February 18th, also with a 7 p.m. puck drop. To close out the weekend, Hartford is on the road against Lehigh Valley, which is set for a 5.05 p.m. puck drop. The New York Islanders host Pittsburgh on Friday, February 17th with a 7 p.m. puck drop. Then the Islanders are on the road against Boston on Saturday, February 18th for a 5 p.m. puck drop. The New Jersey Devils are on the road against Pittsburgh on Saturday, February 18th for a 5.30 p.m. puck drop. The Devils are then at home on Sunday, February 19th to face against Winnipeg, which is set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. 
The New York Rangers are on the road against Edmonton on Friday, February 17th for a 9 p.m. puck drop, and then against Calgary on Saturday, February 18th for a 10 p.m. puck drop. And that will conclude this week's Hattrick City weekend schedule. Please enjoy our amazing interview with the one and only Tobias Ojik. Hey, this is Justin Schmidt, Ice Wars Cruiserweight Champion. You're listening to Hattrick City on WXCI. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always, joined by my co-host, DJ Uncle Matt. Today in the studio, we are welcoming back one of the greatest on this team, the one and only Tobias Ojek. Tobias, how are we doing today? Very good. Happy to be here. Awesome. Toby, great to have you back. You bring a lot of grit to the lineup, and you showed it already by getting suspended. So <laughs> that... that um, Tell us, you know, we, we you left the team a while back. People were asking where you were. Um, obviously, uh, we want to, Pat and I, and I'm sure other fans, to reiterate our condolences about your dad, uh, Gino Ojik, passing away. But what I wanted to ask you was, can you take us through leaving the team and come back? Just kind of, I'm sure everybody's wondering, where where's Toby been? Yeah, so I guess, like, well, during right at the beginning of the season, unfortunately, it was like game three, I think. I took the stick to the right to the mouth there from Yarwood there, and <laughs> he, he two-handed me right in the face. So <laughs> I lost a couple of jibs there and cracked my jaw pretty good. So I, I went home. I was home for about two and a half months, three months, I guess, and tried to stay in shape back home. I was playing in some some native hockey tournaments back home while I waited for, for surgery on my mouth, which unfortunately didn't even happen. I was just waiting. Are those full contact tournaments? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, some big, Fights and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Big wow. money, big money oh. tournaments. Like Our hometown team from back home, we uh, we won four tournaments back-to-back, all at like 25000 30000 35000 So what is it, a split among the guys? Or? Yeah, there's 12 guys that go up, and then we all split it pretty evenly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's only... That's two lines, right? Yeah. One goalie or yeah. whatever, yeah. yeah. So take us through, um, you know, if you don't mind, just take us through the last couple of weeks with your dad. Like, do you want to let people know what happened there, or would you rather keep it private? Or? Yeah, I can I can touch in on that. Uh, like, last couple of weeks have been pretty hectic, like, uh, with the passing of my father and stuff. We, he had a heart attack and unfortunately passed, but it's just been hectic, and, like, I've had a just people from all over the place that I've met throughout the years and people just reaching out to give their condolences. So it's kind of been pretty hectic lately, just going out to Vancouver for the memorial and then having the funeral at home. It was just, it was a lot to take in, but it was nice to see like everyone reaching out and stuff and all the people that really cared about him and looked up to him type deal. Did you hear from any of your dad's former teammates that the that the listeners might know of or to you know to yeah. pay their respects yeah uh, well at the memorial out in vancouver we we all flew out and he had his 94 his 94 team when they went on the cup run there all of his team was out there uh mcsorley reached out ty domi reached out like there was a lot of his old teammates and guys that he used to fight that came out and george i thought the coolest one was george larock he came out to the to the memorial and he came sit with us and had a good conversation with him wow yeah that was nice did you tell these guys you were playing professionally a few of them asked like a few of them asked they who was the hockey player out of the kids and had a little conversation with a few guys but that was it officially how many children did he have was it uh uh that's a great question <laughs> i think eight or nine i think there's eight of us wow that we know of wow <laughs> <laughs> um th- 
did you get to spend any time on the ice with your dad over the years? Or? Uh, well, growing up, he'd come out and do a couple practices for my hockey team and stuff like that. Like, he'd come come down to Manawaki and he would, like, run our practices and come skate with the guys. Tell me now that you're back, how'd you feel this past weekend going up to Watertown for three in a row, although you got suspended yeah. there? What, how did you feel back on the ice? Was there a difference from, you know, the games you were playing in back home? Uh, big difference from back home. Like it's a little bit, it's a lot slower back home because it's just old guys that think they're good trying to play in these big money tournaments. But uh, coming back, no, it was it was good to get the rest off, getting back in the real game game shape and playing those two games on the weekend. Well, one and a half. I only got six shifts the first one <laughs> before I was got the boot. But no, it was good to get the the rest off and get back in. Tell me a little bit while you were gone, were you keeping in touch with people in Danbury, checking up on the team? How does that work for you? Yeah, no, I was I was keeping up with the boys. We have a, a group chat there. We all kind of have a little fun in there. <laughs> and then I was talking with, uh, I was talking every day with J-Mac there, J-Mac and Yao and Lopez, giving them calls, you know, I was, I was going and checking in. How, did were you skating when you were out there? Like other yeah. than other than those tournaments, were you working on your game if you could? Yeah, I was skating in like the the men's league, and there was ice back home. I was skating in men's league every night, and then there's ice during the day, so I got to get some reps in here and there. I was good to get some work in. Take everybody through a little bit of your journey. You know, you were a rookie here with the Hatchers last year. You played in 31 games. You were almost at a point per game, uh, but you did bring a little medal to the lineup um, when you were in there. Tell us about how. What were the options for you? How'd you end up here in Danbury? Yeah, well, after junior hockey, I, I knew I wanted to keep playing hockey. I just didn't know where that exactly was going to be. And it came down to a point where the season had started. And I had a buddy last year, Kodiak, who was on the team. And he had talked with Billy a little bit. And he was like, I got a guy. And Billy reached out. And I was like, for sure, definitely. That's that's the place. And this is like all at the, t- the same time that the whole trashers documentary came out so i was like this is crazy recruiting video that was yeah Yeah. i was like 100 percent. that's the place i want to be let's go to the animal house there tell me a little bit about when you got here and you you know you're you're the difference between the game here and the game that you played in the juniors you know what i mean uh it's the size the size and you're like i was coming out of junior hockey you're playing against grown men at this point so it was a little bit of a, there was a little period at the beginning that I had to try and get adjusted to learn how different the game was. It's faster. People move the fu- like the puck quicker. And then there's just big guys taking runs at you all game. And there's some scary big boys taking runs. So it was a little bit different, but I was having fun. I got off to a good jump right at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about, you know, being in Danbury. Who are the guys you're closest with on the team? Uh, I'd say like J Mac and Yao. Those guys are those guys are my guys. I like I like all the boys. We hang out a lot there. But J Mac and Yao have been pretty solid there since last year. What do you guys like to do together? Uh, <laughs> well, the extracurricular activities there. I guess we uh, we go golfing a lot. We love going bowling. We're actually at the bowling alley quite often. Who's more. the best bowler? Me, <laughs> definitely <laughs> me. I'm the best bowler, best golfer. Those guys are horrendous. What bowling alley is it? Uh, I'm not even too sure where it is. It's like kind of on the, I don't know. There's like a liquor store right beside it. I don't oh know yeah, I, I kind of know. There's where like a little is. small depanier beside it. Yeah, what the hell is the name of that place? Anyway, but you know, if you 
look at it now since you've been here. How have you, in your mind, you know, you've played professionally, really looks like only about 36 or 37 games, but you've been here a long time. Yeah. How, how, how have you evolved as a player? Uh, well, I think I've grown as a player big time, and I can see it in my game. Like, like I said, like the puck moves faster. There's a lot of bigger bodies, so I kind of adjusted my game to the way the league plays, and I think I got better as a player. I'm more physical because I had to put on a little. I had to put on some weight over the summer because last year I was getting kind of knocked around, <laughs> and I put on some weight, so now I'm able to kind of keep up with these big boys and not get tossed around as much. And then just the little things like. These guys are all, they've been playing in the league for a couple of years. They know how to be a pro, and that's what I kind of learned last year was you're going to come in and you're going to be a pro. Like, you got to learn to be a pro, learning the little details on the ice, that extra work on the ice. You can see all those older vets there. They, they put in the work after practice. They're doing extra reps just to try and get better and put that into the game. Let me ask you something. Uh, I know that last year when we were in Watertown together, your parents, your 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 mother and your stepfather, I guess, uh, yeah. came up to see you. Were they able to come up this last time? Yeah. Well, my mom came up. It was just actually my mom and my aunties, and then one of my cousins. He stays out in Syracuse. They came to watch in Watertown. Unfortunately, it was, this is my first time. My mom saw me play since I played my first year junior because I was just kind of traveling all around the country and it was a little bit hard. So she hasn't seen me play in like five six years in person. So. Uh, unfortunately, I got suspended right away. So last year, your mother wasn't there when you... Yeah, she, uh, no, she wasn't there she, last your year. Yeah, your stepfather, step my there. aunties, and my girlfriend at the time, she was. She came out. And, uh, yeah, no, we had a lot of family. And then this Saturday, we have all my family coming down there. A lot That's of people awesome. from the res are coming down. Coming down here? Well, to uh, Watertown. Watertown, Watertown, Watertown again, yeah, Saturday yeah. Watertown later. on Saturday night. And Binghamton on Friday night again. Yeah, and a yeah. lot of people will be taking the bus up. Um, at least some people look like they'll be taking the bus. I don't know how many, but um, tell us what's that? What it's like for you, young kid, grew up on the res in Canada. But I mean, you, your father played in the NHL. You have a, a sense of what the vibe should be like at a hockey game. And did you expect the types of crowds and the types of fans we have here in Danbury when you first heard about it? Or yeah, well, I came in and I was I was pumped just because I knew, like Kodiak had told me, it was like, the crowds are nuts here. We got, like, Joe Trench, who's <laughs> just a riot behind the benches all the time. Shout-out to Joe Trench. Yeah, shout-out shout out yeah. Joe Trench, because he's a riot, and he, he loves to get into it. One of the nicest guys I've Oh, met, in the world. But this guy during the game is <laughs> ripping guys apart there. <laughs> um, take, take us through uh, the last couple of, you know, weeks when you were preparing. Are you... Are you ready to kind of finish the season out here? You think you need more time on the ice or, uh, you know, kind of extra time? What are you going to do to stay up to pace, being that you missed so much time? Yeah. Well, I tried to keep in pace, like skating and stuff back home, doing some extra work. But, uh, no, here, like, I'm, Billy works us pretty hard in practice, and then we get – we do some extra reps after practice to try and get my body a little bit more ready to get all the rust off and – it's been a little bit of a busy week there during practice working on the extra stuff. I don't know if we went over this, but I believe I believe you played for former Danbury Weller, James Sanford, right? I did, yes. What were you, what was your shout out to Sandy? 
What was your experience? I believe that was from the Campbellton Tigers. Tigers. Yeah. And that's in Manitoba? No, that's out in New Brunswick. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, what what do you remember about playing for Sandy? Oh, he's a great guy. Is he the assistant coach? Yeah, he was the assistant coach when I played out in Campbellton. And great guy. We was, he's actually a riot there. He's a, he's actually a pretty funny guy. But... Uh, as our coach, like, he would jump up in the drills. All the talent in the world, this guy, like, he would embarrass our D and just go in and walk our goalie. Like, this guy was actually, he, you can see it in his game. Like, he was the real deal for sure. Great guy. Forget who we went to training camp with. Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Talented, yeah. talented guy. He's one of the few guys that played in the AHL yeah. and the Quebec League in the same season. Yeah. Uh, so just a well-traveled pro I met him personally out here years ago when I was doing uh, one of my first stories about Danbury Hockey, and it was just a great night. He um, showed up at TK's looking for Herm. End of story. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was it was great. Uh, he's a great guy. It's cool that you have that experience. Did, did you talk to him about Danbury at all? Yeah, or? he's actually the one who set it up. He was calling with Billy and with Herm because he, he had called me, and he was like, I can get you a team. We're going to look for a team to get you to. And he gave a call, I think, to Billy. And I was in a contact with James and Billy and James and Herm. And he kind of got the ball rolling. Like, he he kind of helped me out a lot there with that coming out here. And just in terms of that, when you make that move, did you have to go through any special process, being that you're from the res no, because I actually have dual citizenship. I was born in here in the States, and I have my status card, which just allows us to go. That's like our dual citizenship. Our so you weren't born in Canada? No, I was born out in Cherry Hill, same town as Johnny. Really? Yeah. Cherry Hill, New Jersey? Yeah. Was your dad playing for? He was for Philly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't even realize yeah. that. That's that's an interesting connection yeah. that, that I didn't even think about. I remember your dad from playing with the New York Islanders, but, but obviously... Um, I was still a young boy during that 94 Stanley Cup, but I'm yeah. from New York City. Yeah. So I, I can't even tell you on some of the stories I have, even from being a 10-year-old, are inappropriate for the radio. Some <laughs> of the stuff I saw yeah. the, 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 the night that the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup, when we cut the tape here, I'll tell you a few of the stories. But <laughs> it was just unbelievable. Um, did your dad ever tell you about that? I mean, that's a bit for people in this area. Um, you really have to remember that not too many people are Devils fans. I mean, there are a lot of Devils fans, but they're not in Connecticut. They're not in there. They're in Jersey. Maybe there are some PA people who care about maybe the the Devils. But did your dad ever talk about that Stanley Cup with you? Or? That Stanley Cup run, we, we talked about it. He, that's one of, the I think, the biggest hockey memories he has just because he was so close like that's everyone's dream and he was there game seven where they ended up losing in game seven and like back home on the res they had the parade ready like the res was everyone was tuned in everyone was watching and they were ready to just riot there they had the parade ready to go unfortunately they fell short but he touched in on that a lot talking about that run and how close it was and how crazy it was just want like just playing in it and Watching it, Game Seven, it was insane. So I'm w kind of looking at it now. So after you were born, your dad moved to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, which must have been cool, I guess. You know, to finish out 
uh, in Canada with a Canadian team. Even, I don't know what the politics of this thing yeah. were at the time, but it must have been cool to have that connection to, you know, we're looking over your dad's records in the the NHL, obviously the Canadians, obviously the Islanders, Flyers. Who do you, uh, who do you root for in hockey? I like Vancouver a lot. Wow. And then... Like, Bo Horvat was my guy. Now they got rid of him, so I don't know. I might have to be an Islanders guy now. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, I might you have to be, be friends Islanders with Pat. You know? yeah, there you P- go. Pat's yeah. buddy. Welcome uh, aboard. Yeah. <laughs> T- tell us a little bit about, uh, Do you, are you one of the guys that watches a lot of NHL when you yeah, get the chance? Time, yeah, yeah, you watch a lot. Yeah. yeah. Who, who are your favorite players? Oh, well, like I said, Bo Horvat, he's my, he's my number one guy. I think that guy is just unreal in the NHL. And then Austin Matthews, of course, because he's lethal. And then everyone's just watching Ovi. Ovi's kind of been my guy since I was young. I got to meet him a couple times. Really? Yeah, and then I hope he breaks. It's not a matter of if he's going to break the record. It's a matter of when at this point. And I'm excited for him. I'm looking forward for that. What did you, uh, like, is there any specific player that you watch to patent your own game after or watch little things that the guy does? Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I liked uh, Jordan Tutu at the time when he was in the league. That guy was just lethal. He'd run around the 2-2 train. He'd run around and be a little bulldozer. And then Bo Horvat, he's a full 200-foot player. I like that guy a lot. That's cool, man. Tell us, um, what's your... What's your long-term outlook for this? You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're starting at the federal league level now. There are levels to climb. There are jobs to pursue. How long do you see yourself playing, and what would you do when, when hockey ends? Uh, I'm going to play till my body can't anymore. I want to play for the rest of my life if I can. This is, this is all I've ever wanted to do. and Obviously, there's more to, more to get to. and I want to play for as long as I can and as high as I can. That's obviously the dream to get to the NHL, but... There's some steps that need to be taken. As long as I can play hockey for a long time, I'll be very happy. What do you think about the way the team is this season? Just having been here uh, last season, not not necessarily comparing, but you've been here a while. How do you describe the group of guys that we have right now, where we are in the season? Oh, we're hungry. We're, we're, we're a young team, and we're hungry. You can see it in the room. You can feel it. And even with Billy, like, Billy talks about it all the time. Like, we have a very great group, and this is the year to do it. Last year we came up short, but we had, like, kind of an older group. There wasn't too many young guys. This this year everyone's young and hungry, and we're really good. Like, we play really good. Once we can get the little details right, I think we're going to be very lethal in playoffs. Are you – was there – coming back this season, was there anything changed in your mind? Were you asked to play a different role than you were last year? I knew I had to put on weight, definitely, because, like I said, last year I was kind of getting bumped around a little bit. But tried to. I I talked with Billy, and he wanted me to come in and kind of be more of a play a better game than last year, try and be better. I put on weight and just try and feed off of the, what happened last year, feed off of, like, the playoffs when we lost and just kind of remember that and let it sting a little bit and come back for revenge this year. Um. One thing I kind of wanted to get into that was, you know, a little bit on the lighter side. Um, we had Bryce French come in a few weeks ago, and he mentioned this story about you and the rats. Uh. I don't know if you know what he's talking <laughs> about, but I wanted to get your perspective because I've been hearing the different sides story. to it. Yeah, the, the rat story. Um, if you could, would you yeah, for enlighten sure. us? <laughs> for sure. Well, like, if I'm from the res, I've never seen a rat in my life. So when I came out to the States, I was talking... <laughs> 
was talking with the guys, I was like, I, I need to see a rat. Like, I want to go to New York City and I want to look for a rat. Like, I want to see what one of these little, little dirty things look like. And then the guys were like, there's actually rats in the garbage bin outside. Like, if you go and, like, kick the can, like, you can actually see. I'm like, no way. So I, the first day I went, they showed me and they kicked the garbage can. You can see them all scurry off. And I was just amazed at that. So every day, like, whatever leftover food I'd have, I'd take it to the garbage and feed the rats, like, make sure they were taken care of pretty well. <laughs> so I think that's what he wanted. I think that's what he was kind of touching in on. Did you literally miss a train because you were playing with rats in New York City yeah, one day? Yeah, kind of. Like, I was, I was on... Stop playing with me, bro. I was, I was on crutches there because I got hurt in bingo, and I had to get off the bus to go to Grand Central, and the bus station's kind of far. So I was walking on the crutches, and, like, I saw, like, some rats just outside, like, a big pile of garbage, and I was I was pretty amazed, and I was, like, kind of trying to hit them with my crutches. And I was having fun, and I ended up missing my train. I had to stay in Grand, to stay in Grand Central <laughs> for, for a little while. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, you know, given that, <laughs> does that show kind of just, like, would you want a pet version of that? No way. No <laughs> shot. No shot. Keeping them in the garbage is where they belong there. You don't bring those things inside. I knew I knew girls in college that actually had pet rats. Oh, that's gnarly. It was really crazy. <laughs> that's got to be gnarly. And they would, like, ball up under the couch and stuff. It was like they acted like cats. That's definitely a red flag right there. It was there. really <laughs> weird. If you, got a, if you got our pet rat, that's a red flag. It <laughs> was there. super bizarre. There's something wrong there. I'll tell you that much. Dude, I mean... I don't know. I feel like you would kind of kill it, like having like a pet one, because they're like oh, tamed, but they're yeah. not like, you know. You missed out on girls that have pet rats by not going to college. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, usually, yeah. you know, there are things you miss out on, you know. Um, but we ask this question to everybody that comes on. You, you're one of the few guys, well, we have a lot of guys that have been on the team for one or two years, and then we have some local guys, but what's your favorite place in Danbury to eat? Oh, that's a great one. Um, we go to Stony Hill a lot. Every game day is Stony Hill. Stony Hill Diner in Bethel, right? Yeah, every game day is Stony Hill. But uh, Texas Roadhouse, I love Texas Roadhouse. We don't have that up in Canada. so Really? Yeah. We, is there like a fake Texas Roadhouse in Canada? No, like there, we don't even, there's like Lone Star, but like. It's not the same. Like, right, so right. you could have like Calgary Roadhouse yeah, instead. Like, exactly. <laughs> there's Alberta like, Roadhouse. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, Texas Roadhouse, is, those, those buns, they get me every time. Oh, like, it's the bread, really, oh, right? It's, it's horrendous that I'll leave. Like, I must have 10, 12 buns. Like, I just keep them coming. By the time my food comes, it's, I'm, <laughs> oh, full. Yeah, you're I'm full, already full. Yeah, I can't eat my steak The anymore. butter is what does oh, it to you. It's, it's just like so. Cinnamon butter. Yeah, it's, it's really? like got like a sweet, just, oh, it's amazing. God bless these steakhouses where you can go for like $25 a yeah. head. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like great. Um, yeah, and then what are you looking forward to doing, you know, with this weekend? Obviously, you got a split series. You got one on the road in Bingo and then one in Watertown. Um, what are you looking to at least kind of improve on from last week's? Trip. definitely not get suspended <laughs> maybe make it to the second tv timeout for sure but uh i got a score there I, the second tv yeah, timeout. i didn't even yeah. make it to the second tv timeout that's so. crazy <laughs> i gotta get the monkey off my back there i gotta gotta put one in the net i got some family coming out to watertown so if i can get that monkey off my back that'd be great of course i think it was great having it was great having you on here toby for sure we're you know we're, we are both going to be in binghamton 
Friday, Friday. night. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a lot of people coming out. And uh, I think it's a great thing. You know what I mean? I, I, I really think it's a great thing. I, um, I don't know who's listening, but I will take credit, some credit for putting the idea in somebody's <laughs> ear about uh, possibly doing some road games and uh, taking a look at how it's done up in Binghamton because yeah. it really is a fun place to, yeah. to watch yeah. a game. And I love that we have uh, this this kind of rivalry with a place that has a good rank, yeah. has a nice setup. I mean, uh, the truth is we could probably learn a thing or two from what they're doing up there. Yeah, that's true. Toby, it was great to have you here. We we'll look awesome. see you Friday night in Binghamton. For sure. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Hey, this is Brennan Dallard, defenseman of the Danbury Hattricks, and you're listening to Hattrick City on WXCI. And just like that, folks, episode 14 of Hattrick City is coming to a close. I've been your host, DJ Patty Cake, and I want to thank Tobias Ojik for coming on the show this week and having a great old time with myself and DJ Uncle Matt. I'm very excited for this weekend as we'll be heading up to Binghamton, so we'll be able to see the boys in action there. And I'll be back home watching the Watertown game on Saturday. And I'm looking forward to next week. We got some pretty cool interviews coming up, so as always, stay tuned on our social pages. You can find us at Hattrick City on Instagram and then Hattrick City Pod on Twitter. And you can like and follow the Hattrick City page on Facebook. Once again, thank you all for listening and make sure to tune in next week.